was trailed by twenty hounds. Didn't get to sleep that night till the morning came around. Sit out, run, but I take my time. A friend of the devil is a friend of mine. I get home before daylight, just might get some sleep tonight. Ran into the devil, baby, loaned me twenty bills. Welcome to Liberty Southwest podcast number 68. On this one, we have pretty much a full crew, Kirk Pettis, Matt Winner, Danny Ng, Lydia Tabbitt, myself, Eric Taylor. It's been a bit over a year since our last podcast, so it's good to be back. I think we're going to kick off the conversation uh, talking about the Freedom Convoy and go from there. Uh, Kirk, this was something that you wanted to talk about. What are some of your thoughts on the Freedom Convoy to, to get us started? Well, I just thought it'd be a great topic for a little read the the group here. And so personally, I think it's one of the biggest events that uh, we've seen in our lifetimes. And for all things liberty and you know, and it's very unexpected. I couldn't imagine anything like this happening in the way it did and especially in Canada which blows me away and for how peaceful and uh, loving and hearty atmosphere they generated was uh, something out of the norm and definitely more on the non-violent revolutions that uh, Liberty tries to preach So this got started, what, a couple months ago? And I'm, I'm not actually versed on the genesis of this. I, I, I heard about it probably three or four weeks ago uh, when there were um, trucks. I think I heard it from Jordan Peterson when there were trucks headed, headed over to, what, Ottawa? Um, I, th- I think... I think I first heard of it on YouTube. Yeah. I think it was Ottawa, yeah. I think we, I think Kirk was on. Well, when I first, sorry, I muted myself. Um, when I first heard of it, I was like, oh, whatever. Is it just going to be another stupid protest? You know, it's going to, they're going to drive around. You know, I was just like, this is stupid, you know. And then as soon as it hit and I started listening to what people were saying and how they were coming together and the, grassroots nature of it, it was kind of highly organized in a sense that I, I didn't spend much time diving into the soul leadership kind of confused me how they had leadership aspect to it and how it's centralized through there but uh, you know and as the media portrayed them and demonized them any possible method you know they stood strong and it just continued to grow and it uh, became very inspiring and uh, truly contagious to, towards uh, freedom and liberty. And I'm taking over, seems worldwide. What yeah. do you guys think? I'm kind of, and I haven't seen, so what are the, do you know what the overarching goals of the convoy is? Uh, because I've, uh, I've seen that, like you, I think you shared earlier in the week that they're looking to do a convoy from California to Washington, D.C. Then also saw, um, I think this was a few weeks ago, there were some convoys throughout Europe. Um, and I'm not, I'm not 100% sure what the, kind of what the end goal of, of, the, of the convoys are, um, besides solidarity. Um, so I'm kind of curious as to, what what results or outcome um, the participants look look to look to get? Yeah, and that's the whole the whole thing was and the mandates is what I yeah. gathered. 
just stop the mandates, roll back whatever uh, these measures the government was creating. And they were, you know, it just wasn't ending. It was one thing after another. And finally, uh, this was a lot of the, the truckers were back in, but they realized, hey, I want to go through life having to prove our, our vaccination status, you know crossing the borders or, you know, entering the cities or the place of work, delivery sites, whatever, you know, they're kind of on the, in a unique position to, um, I guess, stand up for a growing resentment that is throughout the world. This is, this is a worldwide uh, kind of, in my eyes, totalitarian grab. So this was out of a left so, field and it was a highly effective maneuver and I hope it continues. So Kirk, can you clarify? Because I think that the thing of it that is, I think most utterly terrifying for myself and it seems like I'm not alone in this um, is the freezing of people's bank accounts. What I, to be honest, I haven't followed this closely enough to fully have followed the specifics of this and, and when and how this was done and how it was justified. But I think that's the, at least for me, that's the most like shocking part of the, that the story. Yeah, I think that's really waking people's uh, eyes and minds up to what's really going on. And you can't really ignore that aspect that people that, you know, see people going out of their way, risking their livelihoods, and uh, the government responds by calling them derogatory names. And, and, and then on top of that, freezing bank accounts, insurance policies, and uh, sabotage. And but we're, we're, they, they weren't able to freeze the bank accounts until I think the Emergency Powers Act that they, Justin Trudeau, proclaimed. And then... Uh, so it was like an executive order? But what, what started before that was, uh, you know, them trying to shut down the GoFundMe site where there was, I believe, nine million confiscated and GoFundMe, there was a huge outrage that GoFundMe said, oh, we're going to distribute that. We're going to just not give it to the truckers. We're going to distribute it to who we seem fit. And so there's a huge backlash to that. Um, and that is the, it's been one thing after another. Our, and really started here in America with WikiLeaks. And, and one thing after another, so-called uh, undesirables ever against government wishes, they go after the corporations, which seize their bank accounts and limit the funds and flow of uh, financing. And it's culminated to this peaceful protest where people's and like Lydia say like you haven't paid attention but that sure got your attention when you're closing people's bank accounts for as low as uh, under $100 donation when no one's been charged with anything and uh, they're breaking the law so it's pretty astounding that they're willing to go to these heights and it's really backfiring to whatever goals they seem to be going after because it seems pretty easy to just back down, especially at this point in the madness of Corona. Yeah, it's, it's, it just seems very unprecedented, this type of handling of, of peaceful protest in the Western democracy-esque world. Um, Yeah. Seems like now, it should have been necessary. 
now when they say freeze people's bank accounts, does that mean that like they cannot deposit or withdraw or just they're blocking donations to people that are trying to donate to this cause? What does that mean exactly? No, they totally froze their incomes. They shut them down. No access. Can't go buy anything. Okay. Can't go access your money. But that just yeah, reversed that's... today. Oh, tried. it did really? Is there like a time yeah, frame on how long yeah. they freeze these accounts and you guys know? Is, or is it just like they, they, they can't like just permanently freeze them, right? Yeah. Or, it looks like um, they began freezing them a couple of days well, ago. They can't, and, they can't do this to start with. So And, and mo many of them are in the process of being released or unfrozen within the last 24 hours. At least that's what the Canadian government is saying. Um, so they're like, they're like trying to roll it back and looks you like think it's it. part of the backlash of what's happening right now. Looks that um, way. Yeah. Um, from what I'm reading here, uh, 210 bank accounts linked to protesters worth 6.12 million American have been frozen under the, under the country's emergencies act. Um, and they're looking to quote unquote release them. So they must have gotten a bit of kick, a bit of pushback for that. Yeah, it just seems like it, there's like, I don't know if there was any planning on why they decided to do this and what the repercussions are. It's kind of astounding. I mean, this is like freezing people's livelihood just for doing like a peaceful protest like was there any like pros and cons and like assessment of situations done before they they just all, all did that so that's, that's kind of These astounding people are going to face a, a heavy heavy cause Trudeau's government is saying that they're going to block the chances of them ever getting insurance for they have not specified how long I mean they're they're going into they're going after them however way they can. I mean, the, the difference between the BLM outrage and test you know, it's like, oh yeah, the BLM, they can go do whatever, but, you know, they, they, they try and portray this as a white truckers, uh, racist movement, when it's completely opposite. And, and who do they actually fear? It's, are these truckers <laughs> that are just peacefully protesting and, uh, and, and the power of the, not the power, but the people behind them. And it just shows that <clears throat> reality is just made by perception these days. They ignore it. They try and obfuscate the reality. And they, they just dictate what they want to see and to be damned at the facts and the evidence of everything is just turned into hearsay and, and started to be banned and you can be washed off the internet, washed off the social media sites and and especially and I've never talked about them on the media. No one has any idea unless they go searching for this stuff. So where I guess where I was going is this all re revolves around perception. And that's where I get disheartened by the, the state of this era we're entering. That, that how do you battle this? Like the, I, 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 I feel like this whole movement is a setup for whatever is coming. And I almost hear more this uh, pendulum swing in the opposite direction, but it's going to be set up from that. And we're going to be easily set up, is my opinion, for the future. And because there's no, there's definitely a lack of liberty, true liberty, uh, perception to build up to uh, go into this next age that we're supposedly going to uh, remedy these whack jobs and totalitarian measures while the totalitarian measures are going to be the basis that is built off of and used 
to this conundrum we're in. Makes any sense? Yeah, it makes it makes. I mean, I, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Eric. It makes sense, and I find I find it's kind of interesting that I don't know if it's coincidental or just the timing overlapped, but over the last month or so, you're starting to see a little bit of a change in orientation in general um, towards COVID. Um, a lot of mass mandates are starting to peel away. CDC talks about changing guidelines. Um, and I, I think it has to do with, to a certain extent with Omicron kind of waning right now but i don't i don't know if if the freedom convoys have have had a bit of influence on kind of the global perspective on things uh even to me it just seems that may be the case and that's a that's a positive um from the movement um, the thought that comes to my mind is, Kirk, when you talk about this is a setup for an opposite type of situation, what exactly, what are you referring to? What would, what is this um, moving towards uh, more draconian measures or what, what exactly do you, you see uh, kind of the situation moving, moving generally towards? Well, I think things are going to get a lot worse in the near future and for probably the distant future. We're just beginning to see the ramifications and the measures being pushed on people and the uh, culpability and to culpability is there and there's constant resistance through this um, corporate government structure everyone's interest will continue it through on down through the government all the way down to the citizens everyone is involved in it it's purposely fragile to keep the power system there smash this to bits otherwise the, the, the devastation will be so vast that we need to have the power structure remain and it, it, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and I, do you really see a difference between the left and right besides the, the outer fringes and how the government continually does what it does and so we are going to we are normalizing these uh emergency power acts i mean the powers are there and they're constantly being renewed and it's no matter who's going to come into office is really is going to change anything so, but those that are being granted to limit the Constitution and to limit God's uh, dispose of us versus uh, trying to twist the granting of liberties to people. And so, how do you, you know, that mentality it has a firm hold in people. How do you change that? And no, you know, politicians are a reflection of the populace, but do you really feel politicians are going to be there that are going to represent liberty or freedom? Not right now. Uh, not ever. So, so I think, I think, Kirk, I agree with what you said. And Eric, I think I disagree with what you said in that when we're seeing these um, 
you know, mask mandates or whatever policies being rolled back or scaled back. I do not think that that's a result of the these convoys and things like that. I think it's a result of one thing, and it's 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 kind of since the age of politics, the thing that motivates politicians, and that's public opinion and polling, right? So, I mean, I think that the reason we're seeing these things rolled back is not because they're the right thing or they're the wrong thing or that the people actually changing the policies uh, believe what they're doing now or believed what they did before. It's because it's popular and and that's what, you know, there's midterms coming up in 10 months and or however long and um, and that. And Should we, we just lost, lost Lydia. Lydia. Oh, yep. I totally agree with what Lydia was saying there. That it is a. She looks to be back. Um, I think I'm back. Can you hear me? Yep. Yes. Yes. Oh, terrific. So, yeah, that was essentially the nature of what I was saying. Uh, politicians are fueled by one thing. We know this. And they are fueling these things being rolled back. And if CNN can convince enough people that they need to come back, then they will come back. Well, do you think things like the freedom? Do you think things like the freedom convoy would push things that direction, like sway public opinion enough that politicians would get scared? Well, so here's okay. So here's what that comes down to, right? Is like that comes down to your information sourcing, right? And so that comes back to. to technology, to apps, to media companies, to algorithms, to censorship, to all of those different things, right? So, you know, if this, you know, if this convoy message, at least in its uh, unadulterated, unfiltered form, is getting to people, maybe it's influencing people. Um, But I think probably what's more... And she's gone. Let me see. And she's back. She's back. I'm back. Sorry. Is my video, I think my video is off now. So hopefully that works a little bit better. Yep. Um, okay. Um, so yeah, that's what I have to say about that is that I think, I think the masses rule or at least, uh, the people who vote, you know, uh, have sway at least when there's elections um and and especially when there's been a track record of recent elections where that seems to reflect or indicate that mandates and school closings and things like that are unpopular and san francisco school boards and virginia governor races are going uh as a means of reflecting that yeah and and i what i was suggesting is that there potentially could be some good coming from the freedom convoy where it could push that narrative out in such a way that it hasn't really been in the past because a lot of the disaffected potential voters were in lockstep, I think, with the, with the narrative um, being dictated by Fauci and others and have increasingly become a bit disaffected over the last couple of months and uh, either Freedom Convoy is a result of that or it's helped push that narrative or something something of a combination between the two. I, I think I was going towards it, it certainly didn't hurt, right? It's certainly people um, taking a look at what uh, he, a good chunk of people believe in by being the convoy and say, Hey, maybe we should open up. Hey, we, we see things are dying down. Let's, let's put some pressure because in a lot of, at least in a lot of school environments, uh, school district environments, I think, uh, being pretty progressive, a lot of these, a lot of, most are, um, more than happy to continue masking up and, and going about their business, but there is starting to be more and more of a fracture between between people who want to do that and who don't. And it seems like you're saying, Lydia, that really seems to have been shifting uh, specifically over the last month or month and a half. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't you, would you agree or disagree with that? 
Oh, I'd abs- I'd absolutely agree with that. I think uh, I and I and I I think there's a combination of things at play there, right? In terms of people, I think it's becoming more and more socially acceptable for people to um, to question things or to um, you know to have differing opinions, um, at least to some extent. Um, but and it's it's such an interesting dynamic I think between um, you know people who are speaking out or who are kind of standing alone and things like that and the really intense pressures and campaigns and suppressions against and she's got all right I might have to drop off I don't know what the deal is here okay. but the in, intense campaigns and and and, and efforts to um, to uh, uh, characterize and to um, uh, character assassinate, I guess, people who are are out of lockstep. And so I think there's there is at least with the with these freedom convoys and things, there's a a numbers thing, right? And it and it and it uh, you know it encourages others to you know have the same backbone or to 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 take the same stand in in their beliefs or or their perspectives. Right. And that's, I, my thought is that's a, that's a net, net positive. And that might be one one of the greater influences that, that the freedom convoys end up having, which is, which could be really beneficial um, in, in really influencing the public perspective and dialogue going forward. Personally, though, I saw this happening before the convoys. I, mm-hmm. I I think this was a trend that was already. I think this was a, a ball that was already rolling before the convoys. Um, so I, I don't think. I, I think it's it's one in a series of different um, events or activities where people are um, uh, standing up for what they believe in or or taking a stand against the. Um, majority or the popular narrative or the government or whatever uh, institution. It's a great awakening. Yeah, so more of a you, uh, reflection of a growing and growing general sentiment rather than driving the sentiment. So a manifestation of um, a growing belief or, or um, dialogue. I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. Makes sense. So with that case, then it seems like, you know, that's probably a prime one, one small example of perhaps that, you know, the power is being shifted back to the people as, you know, there's just so much uh, voices of frustration and that, you know, perhaps the federal government has overstepped a little bit and now it's kind of balancing back towards um, the people having a little bit more say on things. Um, that's kind of, at least that's how I see it. I mean, like, but like when the polls, like the Mammoth poll, I believe it's like seven in 10 Americans say that, Hey, we, we need to just accept the fact with COVID as part of our life and no more of these mandates, mass mandates, vaccine mandates and whatever. Um, even like the UK now, they are not even, they're closing all testing centers and all that. So um, they're not going to report any more new COVID cases. So, um, yeah, I feel like perhaps it's shifting back to the people. And I know I see that as a more of a good thing in, in a way, but uh, I, I can totally see this uh, going back to like extending back to the power to the federal government some other excuse down the line but um at least i see some you know this uh, freedom convoy is is definitely net positive and one of the sparks um to probably drive a little bit more of like visibility that hey we people have a voice and we need a you know we're doing something about it i i agree as well i think there's been a growing sentiment it's it's almost as if in my life, I've surrounded myself with people who are mostly libertarian. I don't know. Um, I I go out. I I go visit people. 
and everybody who I'm talking to has that same opinion. Like, let's let's open everything back up. Let's go back to the way things are. And I don't know if it's just people don't want to engage in any type of a debate with me, or if they're if they actually feel that way. But I, I'm assuming that they actually do feel that way at this point. And it's bolstering to hear that from people who previously were very, very scared by COVID. And it's it's been very interesting to see people kind of start to come out of this and, um, you know, their eyes are open. They're seeing what happened to their freedoms during the time that uh, we've had all of these mandates there. And I feel like a lot of the people who once were more liberal are hardening into more libertarian individuals. Um, and I mean, I mean it hardening there. Uh, I've, I've got people who are getting passionate now about, uh, about libertarian ideas and, and I've never heard them talking about it. And it's been things that have happened after COVID that have instigated all of that. Absolutely. It's like people are like choices and their own liberties on what they do, um, taking their own freedoms and taking more risks and all that more now than ever before and being more independent um, than ever before. So, I mean, just look at the, like, the great resignation. That's probably one example you can see. Um, just like, I know some people just leave all together and then like they don't even have a plan b and it's like so what i don't care um it's my life and i can live it with it so i know a couple people did that and it's like well man that's it's crazy but kind of going off topic but uh no that's totally fine we do that (laughs) i think it's on topic really um and there's a real potential tie it back into politically blue versus red where one side pushes their agenda too much and they get backlash like we're very likely going to see um that type of thing happen i think lydia was alluding to that earlier where um because of kind of the draconian uh, restrictions that the left put in place uh around covid and um various financial programs are put into place and causing uh, things like inflation, um, uh, job displacement, et cetera, are going to end up really costing the progressives, the majority in the United States, the majority of the U.S. House, U.S. Senate, probably the next uh, presidential election. And if there's a silver lining, maybe, maybe not going towards the the darker future, but um, what what's been done can maybe turn things around in the future, where uh, people are a little bit more hesitant in in taking what uh, the government says and and running with it, um, and, you know, both uh, with personal choices. And I th- I think there's a lot of um, hope uh, financially. Um, where where there's some there there are different platforms and technologies that can provide uh, more financial and political freedom in the future. So out of you know, some dark troubling times, it could it could set things up for for a better future in the next five to ten years. It's, there's a distinct possibility, I think. I I am inclined to agree with that. I think we have a a large potential for a, a swing drastically towards the libertarian idea. Um, I do, however, think that we'll also see uh, a swing after that in the opposite direction. And it only seems to me that these swings are becoming more and more drastic and violent as they move. Um, I cannot be sure what the long-term implications of this are going to be, but I can only believe that as people are going to be um, 
you know, having to go back to work here. Uh, I know there's people who have decided to stop working, but I know there's a lot of people who haven't worked for a long time where they didn't have to pay um, landlords and it it just made it easy to stay home for a long period of time. That's going to go away. And I think along with that, you're going to see people saying, well, yeah, I think work is the right thing to do. And I think that's, you know, those, those types of, those types of ideas are going to come back into popularity where, um, you know, t- typically when you're working and you, you're you seeing the material portion of the work that you do, you, you begin on that first principle of liberty um, and you, you, you begin to to really ruminate on that property and your right to it. And uh, that that can only be a good thing, I, I believe. Um, when you're getting people motivated to go back to work and really, really strive for something they have ownership in, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I think it's worth. It I think. Differently. Yeah, go go ahead, Kirk. Go ahead, go ahead, Lydia. Uh, no, I, I I was just going to say I I think um, what was I going to say? Um, I, I think there's a couple things that, you know, it, I think optimism is is a good thing and an important thing and a critical thing. But I think it's also important to be, um, you know, based in reality, too. Right. There are very much uh, entities and powers that be at institutions that um, have have. Have flexed, I'm sorry, you guys. Uh, they have flexed a tremendous amount okay. of power. Um, have flexed a tremendous amount of power over the last 24 months um, with either little to no pushback, or um, or with um, you know with general tolerance and acceptance, right? And so, and and what I'm concerned is that that there is going to be little or no. Uh, consequence for that right and so um you know if if there's something that someone says that's at the wrong time or is out of line or um you know is is not you know in line with the narrative at the right time and too many people are are consuming that idea or consuming that content right i think there's still a whole lot of levers of power that um, are able to very successfully suppress those things or or start a you know a uh campaign against those things Uh, and i think that's something that's really like really worth being concerned about to some extent right um you know i you know we're we're hearing all we're hearing all these places and sorry i know i cut out there for a second we're hearing all of these places now um you know, using the term endemic, right, or or are starting to kind of come around to this idea that that coronavirus is kind of here to stay, right? Um, six months ago, uh, you know, Marion County, Iowa, or maybe more the more longer ago than that, you know, and announced the same thing, and that was considered dangerous, right, and risky, and you know. All right, I don't know. I think I may have to to drop off here this evening. But I I guess my point is that, you know, yes, there's cause for us optimism, but we can't forget how easy it is to uh, unplug messages that don't want to be heard. Um, That's the only thing I... Yeah, and on on that side, I think there's enough counter-impetus to... Pretty soon, the unplugging isn't going to be, that's not going to be doable. I I think the real censoring of skeptical voices and deplatforming and that type of thing is a, it's a technological problem. And I think that problem will be solved in the next five years. Um, uh, So they're not not going to be able to pull that rug uh, away from, from people who are of a dissenting opinion that's my strong feeling at least well so okay two two things on that one so first first to respond to that 
it, it all comes down to who's consuming it, right? And I think, you yeah. know, it, the thing that's opti- you know, provides optimism to me are these numbers you see for people like Joe Rogan, right? Yep. People who are, are consuming, you know, alternative types of media, right? Um, but it, it comes back to how easily is this information for people? And I think it's, I think that's, I agree with you, Eric, that, that I'm optimistic about that. Yeah. Um, but, but the other thing I was going to add, and then I'm afraid I'm going to lose connection here again, um, is, is people are genuinely hurting right now. Like the, the most, uh, socially and economically vulnerable in our country right now are, are really facing some substantial concerns and 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 a lot of imminent homelessness and and really people are, are hurting in a significant way right and and what do people do in those situations right who do they turn to you know do they turn to the same leadership that you know is going to provide you know X, Y, or Z solution for them, you know, or, you know, and, and, and is there a, a counter narrative saying, well, wait a minute, why are we in, why are we experiencing this, this period of extreme inflation? What's the cause of that? Right. Um, I think that's something that's worth, you know, acknowledging and being aware of too, because, because truly I, I, I think it is underreported and underrecognized how many people are like more than ever living on a precipice. It boils down to perception, in my opinion. All this has been growing. The Freedom Convoy was a direct result of, in my opinion, of people all of a sudden having the courage to stand up. Uh, doctors and whistleblowers have been standing up because they're the ones that have the data and the and the and the no direct knowledge of what's really going on and trying to get answers that are being stifled and kept from them and then and and successful treatments being blocked from them and and denied to people and this this as people are you know learning that other people are recognizing what they're recognizing everyone's been afraid to speak up over this all and and freedom really is contagious and so once Joe Rogan got the pushback, it was he was getting the pushback because he was putting out there another uh, perception that it, it's it's the perception that was that was growing out there of you know what the pushback of the narrative, and and here comes the freedom convoy, and that just sparked everyone that um, to bring everyone together that it didn't matter uh, from what status or anything, and they brought people together, and then you're left with Trudeau that just turns his back to them and, and flat out refuses to even debate or talk about anything. And it's and, and why is that? Because they're holding on to that perception that they have built around this bullshit coronavirus and, um, and their narrative of the vaccine as, this, as the saving grace of it all. And, 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 and there's obviously agendas behind it that are pushing this way because it's the global nature of it all. And they refuse to hear it. And, and, and things aren't going to get better. The, the perception is there that we need to have safety protocols now, just like you got to get on a freaking airplane and take your shoes off. That now we're, gonna, we're, we're left with this impression of germ theory that people are sick and, and, and this asymptomatic... Uh, there could be asymptomatic spread or some just contact with people. People, our minds have been melted and warped so poorly and so drastically. I don't see how you can come back from this. <laughs> you almost have to fight it, this totalitarian measures with new totalitarianism. It should be thrown back in their face. You know what? Since you pushed your science on us, we're the ones that know liberty, so you guys can sit down and quarantine yourselves at home while the adults that understand liberty and freedom can sort this mess out that has been brought upon the world. And that will never happen. So bringing people into, together that are still afraid of, of other people around them that need to have masks on and demanding that attitude around them is not going away anytime soon. And, and, and just today or yesterday, the WHO, WHO just announced that they're pushing this global vaccination passport. Here in America, we still have states that are demanding vaccines, aka Hawaii, um, while the evidence is growing. It, 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 there is no 
there is no evidence for what they have been spinning. It is the complete opposite. And yet at every turn that the truth comes out, more and more people are trying to grasp onto that and spread that information while it's being shunned on the mainstream to keep that perception of those of the lies that they've been spinning for the last two years. And it's and they have the people in power. How does Justin Trudeau pass the Emergency Power Act and then it passes in the House behind it after the pushback days later? It, it boggles my mind. I brought this topic up like, all right, let's talk about it. It's encouraging, you know what? And all of a sudden you see that the leaders are just snubbing the thing. It's like, well, we're, we're United States of America here. What do we have to say about Canada? Let them do what they want. And, and so if their leaders are doing that, sorry, you're going to have to do a little more pushback than maybe a peaceful protest then, obviously, because your leaders aren't behind you. You've obviously been taken over by some Schwab entity that is pushing this dictatorial totalitarian measures in this fourth turning. And I'm, I'm just hoping that they've been forced into this early because they have seen their destruction, their, their, uh, their plans have been laid to waste and that they've been having to push early on all their plans to do this because nothing makes sense when you look at it on paper. The truth's there, but there's who's there to pr promote liberty? Yeah, people are waking up and doing this, but do you see any politicians to back this up for us to uh, uh, bring in this forward into a new form of governance around us? We're still going to be paying higher and higher taxes. The, the economy's in a drastic state. You can't fix this with truth right now. Things are going to get worse with truth. They're going to get worse with this lies too, but at least it personifies a future that is a utopian future that is bullshit, but it's still at least optimistic in a shrewd sense. And especially for the baby, baby boomer, boomers generation that relies on government. And, and I mean, just look at this Russia fiasco right now. <laughs> segue into a new topic the world thinks that Russia is going to attack the US right now <laughs> because we have such a weak president it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. they're gonna they're gonna go from Ukraine and keep going is, is the is the mod is what I hear from people that older generations it's, it's absolutely ridiculous hey, Kurt, and that, I have uh, fear and perception that was instilled with them 30 years ago you think that's gonna this corona is gonna go away in 30 years when we see this how people react to russia today sorry for being so pessimistic but i don't see this being good at all there's and, a and with the false flag that's probably going to happen with this new u.s convoy We'll see what happens, but anyways, all right, go ahead. I was just kind of following on on what you're discussing as far as elected leaders just kind of pushing an agenda down the throats of the Canadian population. Eventually, you'd think either they're going to agree, agree with elected leaders and vote them in or vote them out. Um, and I... I uh, I think this was last week, saw a good uh, Twitter thread thread on kind of the maybe the general state of things. And I wanted to I wanted to read this a little bit and, and get collective thoughts. So this is posted by um, Polymath or at Political Math on Twitter. And um, what he mentioned was, here's what's going to happen, y'all. This summer for the third year in a row, the South is going to get hit with the COVID surge when it gets too hot to stay outdoors. For the third year in a row, the press and Democrats will mock the South, sneer at them for getting sick. For the third year in a row, they will say that the Northeast and West Coast isn't getting sick because they're awesome and the South is full of massless redneck dipshits and tell them that it wouldn't happen if they masked up. Then the winter will come if they don't mock the South if they didn't pretend like they were superior, if they didn't falsely claim that they could control the COVID, they would be able to go back to normal, but they can't help themselves. So mass mandates will come back. Voters have two choices. 
They can believe the press and their arrogant, absurd leaders. They can vote them back into office and they can watch the cycle happen all over again because it will. Or they can realize they're getting played and punished the liars. I'd love to be wrong about this. We'll find out this summer if I am. If the press can contain itself, everything is going back to normal. But if we get flooded with the manipulated charts, if we see the endless metrics, quote unquote, proving things in the summer that they can't prove in the winter, then we're taking this merry-go-round for at least one more revolution. In conclusion, I'm once again begging our elected leaders to think more than one step ahead of the path that they're about to walk down. Is that sound feasible like we could be in a somewhat of a lull now things can look optimistic and then we get some indoor cycles happening again and the the contagion really continues to spread no i i'm gonna say from specifically from what i understand from a virus standpoint that uh omicron has uh, such a virulent variant and it has such low impact on people who get it uh, and it has nearly identical uh, immunization properties as uh, catching the original variants um, that came before it that that people are still going out they're they're getting together even if they have the sniffles or whatever and it's spreading around uh, rapidly and everybody's catching it. So, so now immunity is going to come out of it. And they, I don't, I don't believe that the cases are going to research again. I, I don't think it will. I think, I think there was a white hat, um, a white hat bio hacker who was part of one of these projects who had one of these viruses stored away somewhere, released it into the wild in South Africa. And made sure that the guy from California who's supposed to go evaluate whether or not we should shut down travel to uh, California would get it while he was there. <laughs> and he could be the guy who started spreading it around California. Uh, well, let me, let me ask this. Let's, who cares about COVID? What about whatever's next? They're, they come out with some new virus every other year right now. What's going to be next? They're just going to create a new one, a new mantra to be scared upon. Why you can't go outside or why it's not safe without the sun. Without How do you defend against that? By, by imprisoning everyone that's, that's, that forced this on us right now. And Nuremberg 2.0 is the only way to stop this. You have to have doctors and scientists rise up and fight back just like the truckers are doing this nonsense they are all beholden to their paychecks no doubt about it all doctors all hospitals there is the it's such a mind it's like libertarians out there in the political world for the good doctors that are out there that are apart outside of this medical tyranny being foisted upon us is my true opinion and this is only going to be a new one, and it's going to fatten their debt that they all incur to live. It's expensive to do everything right now. You have to keep the money flowing. And if you make hiccups in the matter, it creates all sorts of economic disturbances right now. And this is the system that has been created upon us. You can't fight it back. You have to destroy it. And that's why I say this is never going to end until it's destroyed and rebuilt. And there's no one to rebuild it quite yet. And especially with the attitude of people these days of, of accepting contagious viruses that are absolutely <laughs> safe. And, and if, if it's even a virus, there's no proof of anything right now. And we're still talking like this is a, uh, variant of, of uh, the corona there these things are not isolated i'm sorry it's much it's, it's just as likely that every form of virus that they isolate is a snowflake that every virus is different if you if you look at it deeply enough 
And so every little aspect of, of the virus could be considered a new variant of itself, which is a snowflake. You could go look at it, grab a snowflake flying outside today, and it would be a variant of a fucking snowflake. So Eric, viewpoint. So Eric, I saw the same thread that you were uh, were reading through, and I I. I think I agree, at least so, so far as that it's feasible, right? Or that 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 kind of societal logic, if you will, you know, is feasible. And I think I think that type of thinking is is a symptom of the bigger problem, right? Which is is the tribalism and is the um, you know is the lack of nuance and free and individual thinking um, that I think is is rampant and is. Uh, um, I don't know what the solution to it is, but I think I think that's the the symptom of it, right? Is that uh, people are going to demonize and are going to uh, stereotype people uh, based on their ideology, based on their geography, based on. Based on a variety of characteristics, um, people are becoming, I think, increasingly. Uh, 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 I don't want to say prejudice, but are, are are stereotyping people based on on a handful of qualities and and not uh, embracing, which I think is a is a truly libertarian idea that people are individuals who have nuance and have different perspectives, and um, you know are always uh, right about something and are always wrong about something and have different truths and and lenses with which they. I don't know if I don't know if you heard any amount of that. Uh, last about the last fifteen it, it seconds. Broke up there at the end. Okay. Well, that's I guess Can kind I, of the the yeah. Go ahead. I just want to. Here's a solution. It's it's the Putin solution. You don't have to go all warfare on a country. You can have dissolve and create a new state. There's no reason why each one of us can't do the same thing in our own lives create our own entity that is outside of this global system or i shouldn't say global system but it, it adheres to the global principle of uh, of countries so oh, oh, sorry <laughs> my back you're back sorry yeah so, yeah you sound so, better so Putin is going through and he usurped the game of, uh, of nation. These, uh, I can't describe the, the system that right now, but it's, he went and usurped them and, and granted what the people wanted, their own little entity. And it usurped a warfare, and but yet he he restarted it on a new set of principles, the principles that nations are created on, instead of warring for them and claiming them in a forceful manner. There's no reason why we can't reset that way. So when I say destroy things, burn it down, you can rebuild it in a peaceful manner. It's just resetting the principles that it's based on. So when when I would just, I've said this in previous podcasts, like I would, I, I would just love to be back when the Federal Reserve was created. How did people allow that to happen? And we are living through that exact repeat right now in my eyes. We are being set up for a new entity that is going to be this new overarching system that is going to control everything like the Federal Reserve did to the dollar bill. And it is a fake system, a fiat system, that is an artificial reality, and in it, in it is act upon false principles. And we need to figure out how to reset the principles and build upon that. And that is the leadership that I say is lacking in this world. Yeah, and I think you you mentioned the fourth turning a little bit earlier, and that's where we're at. And typically during just throughout history during this time period, the, the, the most common outcome is, 
is violent warfare and a reset of some sort. And that's, in my eyes, the most likely scenario that develops over the next 10 to 20 years is um, at the very least large regional conflicts, if not global conflict, uh, which will tear down what what is a totalitarian um, system that's forming worldwide and um, being able to educate people and and rebuild is is a very it's it's very likely lady is talking about how people are struggling you can only you can only push you can only push a system so far until a system has to be reset and that that there's there's more than a few people that see parallels in history from 70 to 90 years ago happening right now yeah we're we're definitely gonna have to have another show about this whole ukraine situation because that uh that can go way deeper and uh, how far we've explored it today. Yeah. Um, so I think well, maybe I think on the U.S. convoy is also going to shed light to uh, the near future. Yep. This could be big. I I frequent a trucker bar slash restaurant mm-hmm. now, and there's certain rumblings of asking, you know, are you going to go to the rally or whatnot? And it's always nice to overhear a few things. But uh, how, how this transpires in America is going to really be, I'm really curious and excited about it. I, I'm, I'm very apprehensive and nervous about it for the potential false flag attack that could happen and how they will spin it. And they're, they're just will, because this could easily backfire and be used against liberty and freedom. And so I hope there's people that are wise enough and smart enough to understand what is going to happen. I think Canada's convoy was a reaction of January 6th of last year, where I I believe that it was set up in a uh, negative aspect, a violent aspect, and they were able to quell that until the end and when it did happen it was a form and a, a warfare tactic to uh, back down and it might have been planned that way all along for how certain uh, reactions that the government handled and the government is turning out to look like fools inept and uh, not representing the people so It'll be interesting how that uh, all transpires, but it should enlighten and encourage people in America, and it's definitely encouraging people around the world because we're the thing that Corona did is it stopped all the protests worldwide that were happening, and we had podcasts talking about that, the Yellow Jackets and the other protests throughout the world that were really starting to rise all over the globe, and Corona put an end to that, and and. It's taken two years, but it's starting to uh, resurface again. And now, hopefully, in a smarter, succinct way. And I just, I just really think now is the time for true leadership. And I just don't know where to find it. Yeah, and I think Adam Correa, no agenda, referenced it pretty well. His his theory on COVID seems more and more plausible that it was a result of uh, global financial issues. Um, and may have been introduced for that reason and the smokescreen is starting to abate so people are getting back to a similar cadence as they were before 2020 to me it's a fringe theory but i'm I'm sure you've heard that kirk and it it makes a little bit of sense i would pair that with ron hunts and we could revisit corona in the future i think it would be a, a good topic Yes, someday, but there are many good theories out there that time and truth will eventually reveal it. It's, you know, can we, will people care at that point? Yeah. Because I'm sure there's going to be new problems to be had. 
Ron Ants. Yeah, UNZ. UNZ. Okay. All right. So oh, you know, yeah, you definitely haven't read the stuff I've been posting. Yeah, that doesn't. <laughs> but that was a long time ago. That was it a while ago? Okay. Um, they actually talked about it no agenda once, but we can talk about this after the show. Okay. Um, so we'll wrap up. We've been going for about uh, hour and five minutes or so. Uh, it's been a good conversation over the freedom convoys and the in the general uh, global situation uh, as a result of covid it's been good to get everyone back again so hopefully we'll we'll roll another one in the future uh, but for now we'll wrap this one up so thank you and if everyone wants to sign off i'll do the adios mofo we'll see you next time Adios, mofo.